Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Coming from California, here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. We are here in the middle of the coronavirus outbreak. <laughs> Aaron, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm pretty scared. I'm not going to lie. What's your temperature? Um, every... Every time <laughs> I just checked uh, five seconds ago, mm. I'm at a crisp uh, 103. Oh, good. So, okay. Doing great. Good. Doing great. Good. Yeah, well, and I, I swear I'm not paranoid at all, except uh, now when I walk outside, like to draw, to take the trash out or do anything, I am certainly uh, checking around every corner for another human being because I want that social distancing. Yeah. Six feet at all times. Yeah. Is it. <laughs> Like, uh, did you ever do this thing as a kid or as an adult where, like, you drive through a tunnel and you hold your breath? Sure. Going outside's like that for me every single time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go take the trash oh, out. Am- I hold my breath. Like, that's going to do something. <laughs> Does, it's not going to keep a virus away, but it makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's why we should have done an episode on Bubble Boy. <laughs> Bubble Boy. The amazing Disney film Bubble Boy. Oh, my Boy. goodness. Is that, uh, who's, is that Chris Kattan, I feel like? <laughs> No, that's Jake Gyllenhaal, my friend. No, it's not. That's a young Jake really? Gyllenhaal. Really? Mm-hmm. How did I forget yeah. that? Wow, Jake. It's a good one. Jake's... I think that's on, that's streaming now on Disney Plus. Holy cow! Is it really on Disney no, Plus? I don't think oh, jeez, so. you don't have a Disney Should Plus. Be. What am I saying? What would you? You don't know what's on that platform. <laughs> <laughs> you told me I could borrow your login, but then you never came through. So that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, uh, Aaron. People are home. People are self-isolating or self-quarantining. Mm-hmm. People need content. Have you gotten people asking you for a committee? I've had a lot of friends text me being like, what What am I watching? Yeah, so nobody texts me that. I actually text them that. So you just, I like... Yeah, you go on the I offensive. Just, yeah. I offer it. Yeah, I'm just constantly telling people what they should be watching at this very moment. That's Sending good. them links, sending them trailers. So that's, that's, uh, that's yeah. that, ha- that was going on long before the coronavirus outbreak. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so basically this coronavirus is working out for me. So the quarantine thing is right up my alley. So Lindsay and I have been responsible. Okay. We have been mostly staying at home over the weekend. We've made a couple trips to the grocery store. Uh I mean I mean I will tell you the moment this became very real to me. Um and look, we've been talking about this coronavirus for some time now since it broke out in Wuhan, something we've been I know personally been following for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I and think you were you were on it first. As I was on it pretty early on. Yeah, you were on it real early. I was on it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I'm not usually that way, but for whatever reason, I'm like, this is a thing that's gonna happen. Uh, it's coming here. I just I don't know why. I just got this weird doomsday type of apocalyptic outlook on it, but I did. Yeah. And I mean, I was well, sharing links in my family thread, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And then when the first <laughs> California death happened, like in my town, I was like, "It's here. We're it's I here." Told we're getting it, and they're like, "All right, easy. Like, come on, calm down." Well, well you knew something was up because you're in that um, that bat soup aficionado Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When the bat, well, yes, exactly. When the bat soup supply chain got strained, and these you notices about being careful, on. yeah, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so do we have confirmation that the original uh, doctor in Wuhan? Uh, or Wuhan. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, the well, original guy that found out of the virus. Well, the guy that first posted it. Yeah. I think yes, he shared exactly. like posting from another doctor, but the first, the one that actually first publicly posted it in a that's social right, media that's platform. That's right. So yeah. is he alive or is he dead? No, he's passed. Okay. Yeah. He's become a symbol actually uh, within the kind of uh, the people in China on the, I'm trying to remember if it's WeChat or, or Weibo. I forget the, the, the social media platform, but mm-hmm. they share images of him as kind of this like symbol of like heroism, right? This, yeah. this is someone who tried to sound the alarm and, and got punished for it uh, by the Chinese authorities for, you know, rumor mongering. And they cited him. He had a legal citation for, for being the first one to publicly share like, hey, there's this new virus that seems to be spreading. Heads up. And he sent that to other doctors that he had gone to medical school with in this in this forum. And he got he got in trouble. And so now and then he got coronavirus and then now he's dead. And so, yeah, it's uh, he's kind of. Yeah, he's viewed very much as a hero at this point. So very sad. Yes, tragic tale. I mean, it's out of all of this, really, I think my heart goes out to most to uh, the the doctors and the nurses and all the medical staff that have really I mean, they've been on the front lines risking their lives, unlike anyone else in this entire 
um, this entire pandemic, really. I mean, those those are the people there that are fighting the battles. Um, they are the true heroes. Um, so, and of course, they're all stretched to the to the brink of insanity. And you've seen the videos of the doctors and nurses like breaking down in tears yeah. um, during their shifts or on their break, and because there's nothing they can do. Like you know, there's just they're overwhelmed, and um, and this is why we're so worried about what's going to happen once it hits, once it really hits um, the U.S. Well, so. yeah, I mean, we're here, right? This is it's going to get a lot worse. This is the better. moment, but yeah. you know. I know today, state of California, they announced if sixty anyone sixty five and older, they are um, they are asked to self isolate. Uh, restaurants only at fifty percent capacity. All bars, um, and, you know, pubs closed. No drinks. Um, bat soup has been outlawed. Bat soup's done. <laughs> um, which is yeah, I've seen it. That I've does not it. sound appealing at all. To no, me. no, not at all. It's not good at all. Um, never had it actually. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, you know, you know, things are as as we continue for that that request for uh, citizens age sixty five and older in California uh, residents to self isolate. That just that will eventually be extended to everybody. We will all be asked to stay, you know, hunker down, stay indoors. That's that's inevitability. So those left out there that are going to be exposed are going to be grocery store workers. Um, people that work in utilities, people that are, you know, essential jobs to keep things really running. Um, and, you know, yeah, I you're talking about truck drivers, truck you're talking drivers, about any, yep. anyone on the logistic chain, yep. supply that, chain, logistics, they're all exactly. going to be going still. Yeah. And they're all warehouse workers. And those are all the people that are going to keep us alive because they're again, making that sacrifice, yep. uh, just like the doctors and, and just like the nurses. So, um, and, and this is why it's ultimately, it, it's going to affect everyone because, this is not some. This is not. You know, we're talking about isolation, but the reality is, we're not isolated. Yeah. We can't exist isolated. Um, the entirety of the human race is literally at threat at this very moment. I mean, it's it's crazy to even say that, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 absolutely true. We're living in a sci-fi movie at this very moment, it's and this surreal. is why. It's totally surreal, and this is why I've turned to movies now. Yeah. Um, to yeah. get my mind at ease. Absolutely. Because yeah. reality is far too scary. It is. It is. I, so I, I teach this early morning. It's called a seminary class. It's like a, uh, bef- I teach a class to high schoolers, age, they're junior to senior aged. Um, I have about 15 of them. And uh, it's this early morning kind of religion class that I teach before they go and start their day at high school. And I've been telling them beginning of last week that uh, it was like Monday. I was, I said, uh, so I started the class by saying, well, today's going to be the last day that we meet in person for a while because they're going to they're going to announce that your school is shut down and that and certainly with it seminary. And they're like, no, you know, and then the next day, you know, Tuesday, I do the same thing. I started a class. So today's going to be the last day that we meet in person. They laugh, you know, and then Wednesday is like today's going to be the last day. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're just, you know, it's it's been a bit right. Um, and uh, except Thursday was the last day or Wednesday was the last day. Wednesday was the last day. Um, and that because it was Wednesday night was the NBA games or was that Thursday Wednesday? I think that was Wednesday. It was Wednesday I night. Think was, I think so. And um, and then they actually canceled the Rockland Unified School District and certainly uh, our seminary class and uh, and it was it was kind of crazy because I was telling them I was I was kind of being lighthearted about it but I was like look this is gonna happen you know I know it seems crazy and you never think that they're gonna close down your school but it's happening. And I don't want to be too doomsday, you know, but like that's this is just this is the reality of the situation. Um, but I, as much as my mentality has been that way, it was the moment for me trying to watch the OKC Utah game. And they're about to do the tip off and then they don't. And then there's this weird delay before the game starts. Something's going on. Both teams head back to the locker rooms and they're saying maybe there's a player sick, but it's probably not coronavirus. And they're just being, you know, very cautious and then boom, Rudy Gay of the Utah Jazz has tested positive for coronavirus. And I thought, oh my gosh, they're going to cancel NBA game. That, this is it. This isn't, you know, the NBA had announced up to this point that they're going to be playing in empty arenas after that day. This is the last day of arena play, which was this game with Utah and Oklahoma City. And then afterwards, it was going to be the Sacramento Kings uh, playing the New Orleans Pelicans, um, which of course didn't happen. But now that a player has it and then i saw the tweet say 
the NBA has suspended the rest of the season. And within a three-minute period of time, I see that tweet, and then I get a link sent to me from The Hollywood Reporter, an uh, article that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson had tested positive for coronavirus. And it seems weird. Those two things, back-to-back, within minutes, like my head was swirling. I was like, okay, this is it. Showtime. It's here. This is it. This is when the crap hits the fan. This is when I mean, at that point, people were starting to, you know, to get the toilet paper, you know, in the in the grocery stores. Yeah. And so, but like, but like, canned food was still on the shelf. You know, hand soap was still on the shelf. Um, and uh, Lindsay was out on her way out the door, going to this church activity. Uh, she, you know, runs these activities for the um, young women. Um, also, kind of high school aged, and she's on the way out the door. And I said, Lindsay, uh, Tom Hanks has got it. And uh, the NBA season is over and uh, I'm going to go to the Safeway and I'm going to pick up some stuff because <laughs> we had yet to do that. I was trying not to be like too panicky. About, sure. right? Like I didn't want right. to hoard and, and, and we didn't. But I was just like, I'm going to head over because starting tonight and tomorrow, they're going to be emptying shelves, you know, regardless of the fact that there's plenty of food in the United States for everyone. And I, uh, yeah. Just to interrupt that, just one second. Like, if there's one thing we have in this country, yeah. it is food. Plenty, so. <laughs> plenty of it. But so I, I know that we're all concerned, and you know, you see the long lines in the empty store shelves. But supply chain, we is have, yeah, we have a lot of food in this country. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I think as long as there, as long as the food is, um, there's a way to get it to the store shelves. We're gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay. Take care yeah. of yourself, but don't don't grab yeah. a month's worth of, worth of food. Not don't, necessary. Don't do that. Or toilet paper. Don't do that. Just get what you need. Maybe plan for a week or two ahead of time. That's probably good. But the the, the shelves will keep getting stocked. Everything's going to be okay. I mean, my father in law, you know, works the you know in the in the grocery industry, and he was telling me like there's plenty of stuff, and the supply chain is strong. It's still going. Like yeah. you know, people should. I mean, be there's panicking. giant warehouses filled yes. with food, yes. and there's. It's not going anywhere. No. Like that's that's the one thing that we really control well in this country is our own. We're self sufficient when it comes to food. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we make a lot of food for the rest of the world, actually. So we export a lot. So. Well. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm not too concerned about that. No, we should not be. So, but so I get to Safeway. Just because I figure <laughs> there's toilet paper left, I'm, maybe I grab it. Maybe get some hand soap. Maybe get some canned foods and i get there most of the stuff is there no toilet paper with the exception of like three small little four packs i grab one of those i grab some paper towels i grab some canned food no water there's no bottled water yet but the cvs next door had plenty we were fine but i don't, I don't know if it's my beard or my general demeanor or what it is but i, I i'm like a a magnet to like people that want to share like their conspiracy theories <laughs> So <laughs> I'm walking through the store and, you know, I, there's this guy, I, I'm standing in the aisle with all the empty, just empty shelves where the toilet paper used to be, the paper towels. And this guy comes in very disheveled looking, mind you. Uh, and he's looking around and he's got his cart with him and he keeps glancing over at me and I'm, you know, I'm not looking at him. I'm like, don't make eye contact. Don't do it. Like if I make, now eye it's con- not the time it's not, he's gonna, it's game over. If we make, eye con- I, he wants to talk to me. I can tell he wants to talk to me. And then he gets he inches closer and closer. And I'm getting ready to bail at the other side of the aisle. And he's like, hey. And I'm like, ah. So I turn. And he goes, you want to know the truth about the coronavirus? And I was like, yep. <laughs> yes, <Absolutely>. I do. <laughs> Please. Please, sir. Tell me the truth about the coronavirus. <laughs> Because I figured I've been watching enough press conferences, news, and I thought, finally, I want I want to go to the real source of the the, the truth, <laughs> and that's this disheveled-looking middle-aged man, uh, boomer-aged man, <laughs> and he's, you know, I I'm sitting, there, I'm not looking at him, I'm just, you know, I'm looking straight ahead. He's he's here, he's he's talking to me, and I'm nodding, uh huh, okay, uh huh, and he's like, well, the truth about it is, it's not real, none of this is real. And I'm, I don't know if he meant like this existence or like just the, you know, I'm just, okay, sure. And he's like, you know, the coronavirus, it's all a sham. It's all a hoax and blah, 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 blah. And then, and then he starts to pivot and goes, plus, you know what? Trump already took care of all this. Trump took care of all of it. And I'm, I'm thinking, wait, Trump took care of what? It, I mean, the thing that didn't exist or what are you saying? It, it's either coronavirus exists 
or it doesn't exist or it does exist and Trump took care of it. You know, he's starting to hedge a little bit. You know, he's like, Trump took care of it. Plus, we sealed the, bo- the borders, the airtight. Everything is good. It is not a problem. None of this is a problem. It's not even real. And I, and I look over at this point, I look over at his cart and it's got like the last of the hand sanitizer, all tons of toilet paper, hand soap, disinfectant. And uh, and I badly wanted to be like, wow, for something that's not real. You're you're gonna, you're gonna disinfect a, a whole bunch of n- about nothing. You're gonna disinfect a thing that's not real. Like what? You, what you, like the guy wa- he clearly was spewing his own BS that he doesn't even believe, right? Like he's just kind of like saying one thing, but like deep down he knows, he knows. But I I didn't he call knows. him out on it, of course. These I mean, this guy's uh, obviously right on the fringe of you know <laughs> sanity. Yeah, who knows if you if you push that guy over the edge? You, no, you no, never no. Know I just I just nodded and I said, yeah, wow. Totally, yeah, of course. Coronavirus, yeah, it's not, not real at all. Um, none of this is real. Thank you, sir. Bye bye. What's it's, really interesting to me is the fact that you know we live in the age of social media, so we can go online and search, you know, in real time what people are, do, what Americans are doing mm-hmm. to prepare for this impending virus. It's already mm-hmm. here, and it's already it's creeping its way through our country. Um, and I think that it's uh, some really interesting responses <laughs> are out there at the moment. So um, I just think of, you know, uh, the reactions where people think that this is all blown up proportion or or it's all fake. At the end of the day, I hope that it's blown out of proportion because the result is um, the virus is gone. And you know what? It can it inconvenienced us for a little, uh, let, let's say a month or two. But who cares? We stayed alive yep. and we averted a disaster. So if we're overreacting, so be it. So be it. But but the, the alternative is underreacting. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I say, please overreact. Let's do that. Yeah. Well, I uh, the reason why we're here is to give people recommendations of what to watch during this time. That you're going to be working remotely. This time of need. Staying at home. <laughs> yeah. I, I know I'm working remotely for the foreseeable future. I, oh, yeah. I mean, I do quite a bit for my job anyway, but I'm not going to our San Francisco office for some time, probably a couple months. I know you're going to be working remotely here. Most people are. Yeah. Um, I considered doing this podcast a Tom Hanks tribute. But like, I didn't want it to be too like dark like, in memoriam, you know, like I wanted to stay <laughs> that. Uh, but uh, maybe in honor of Tom and Rita. Let's do you have like a favorite Tom Hanks movie that is like criminally underseen or like a deep cut? That's like not one of the ones that everyone knows. It's not Forrest Gump. It's not Castaway. It's not a saving private Ryan. Sure. Yeah. Let's start off with one Tom Hanks recommendation and then we will go into our top 10 of the decade. I love it. So if there's one movie, like if there's one Tom, like my favorite Tom Hanks of all time is that thing you do. I think that's on top, but that's not my pick. No, no. Is that really your favorite? Cause stop it. It's, it's amazing. It's, I my, love it's, that it's number one. It's number one okay. for me. It wasn't what it's, I was going to say, but, but that's because no, no, no. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. I think plenty of people already oh, it's know such that a good movie. It's, it's amazing movie, amazing movie. But so my pick, my, um, my little known, but it's actually not little known at all, but it's just underappreciated. Tom Hanks, mm. uh, pick is, uh, 2002. He made a movie called Road to Perdition. Oh, yeah. No, yes. this is underseen. This is not an appreciated it's, movie. No, I don't think it is at all. So you have Road to Perdition. Is this came Sam Mendes? Sam Mendes wow. directed, co-starred with Paul Newman. Paul Newman's last acting role. Paul Newman. Uh, his last. Butch Cassidy. Um, yeah. It's, I, it's, it's hard to believe, but this was his final role on screen in a movie. Um, and the movie itself is really interesting. Set, I think, in the 1920s Prohibition era. Um, and Tom Hanks actually plays a bad guy, yeah. a baddish guy. Yeah. He plays a complicated character, a hitman. Um, and this is one of like the one of the very rare times where he played a baddie. So I think yeah. it's it's a great movie. Um, really interesting, beautifully shot. I think it's uh, Sam Mendes is a phenomenal director. So yeah, if you find if you have this one streaming or you have access to it. Uh, go check out uh, to Perdition 2002. Uh, my Tom Hanks movie is one we've talked about in the pod in the past. It's just one of the great rewatchable movies for me. We watched it at home growing up nonstop. It's a film made in 1989 when I was just a youngin. And that is called, it's a movie called The Burbs. <laughs> <laughs> the Burbs has good choice. Killer, Solid. killer cast. Uh, this is directed by Joe Dante. So kind of a iconic filmmaker. Uh, mm-hmm. not Gremlins. just yeah, Gremlins. Yep, 
Um, yes, this stars Tom Hanks. Uh, and this movie takes place all within a cul-de-sac that's on the Universal Studios back lot. The entire movie takes place in this neighborhood, the burbs being the suburbs. But it's starring Bruce Dern, okay, the, the father of Laura, uh, he, who is hilarious in this. Carrie Fisher, we have. Princess Leia is in this movie. We have Corey Feldman. Uh, we, all, <laughs> we, owe, we all owe Corey Feldman quite a bit. Um, <laughs> so, one of the greats. One of the greats, truly. Uh, but this is just kind of a fun summer hangout, like uh, kind of horror, but mostly comedy. Uh, movie about these weird neighbors that uh, no one wants to confront and they think that maybe some nefarious things are going on and uh, and it's really 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 funny so the burbs is great go see it uh, so that's Very our good. tribute to Tom Hanks maybe we'll do more later if his oh we definitely do we'll, we'll go into the deeper the deeper cuts especially of, uh, if, if his coronavirus gets worse we'll we'll be do more so okay <laughs> I think we should do a, a Rita, uh, Rita Re- Wilson I, I was gonna say jingle all the way um, <laughs> perfect <laughs> Good call. So, um, we're gonna do our top ten of the decade. This is a big. This is a big one. We're gonna try to go through this quickly so we don't make this too long of a pod because it's already ten twenty at night. Um, now, this when we say top ten of the decade, we are talking about two thousand ten to two thousand nineteen uh, films released in those years. I actually made a list of fifty. I'm not gonna go through <laughs> all of them. We're gonna just go through the top ten. Uh, maybe after we go through our top ten, I'll. I'll name my 11 through 20 so you know kind of what barely missed my list i will also say i assembled this list somewhat haphazardly <laughs> yeah same. and uh don't don't hold me too much to these because um i uh i could easily swap out many of these very very easily like most importantly especially my top 25 it's just these are my 25 favorite films of the decade many of them you could put in any order but for the sake of the podcast, I, I try my best to put them in some kind of order. So let's jump right into it. Uh, Aaron, what's your number 10 of the decade? So my number 10 is um, one that you recently mentioned, and it got me to rewatch it again after several years. Um, it is Argo, released oh. in 2012. Yes. Yeah, so when our last episode, we talked about uh, Ben Affleck and his new movie. We did. Which everyone should go see. Yes. Um, r- I say risk getting coronavirus to watch worth the it. new Ben Affleck worth movie. The risk. It's totally worth it. But you had mentioned Argo, and you talked about how it was one of your favorite Ben Affleck movies. And, you know, I had seen Argo a few times, and I always liked it, but I hadn't revisited it in a while. So I went back and watched it this past week, and the movie is incredible. It's it's really, really good. This is it's a fine piece of filmmaking. Um, and I think, you know... It uh, it did take some heat for winning Best Picture because it it's not it's not exactly an art house movie. It's kind of a um, it's not, but it's not really that a, year. A I would argue that year. Like, look at what the other nominees were. I honestly, I give it to Argo. Yeah, Argo, Argo was a fine choice because at the end of the day, you want a movie that's entertaining, and this this movie is entertaining from start to finish. It has all the pieces. It has great acting, great performances, very solid direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an exciting story. So I think Argo belongs on that list for me. That's great. I watched it last night actually with my mom who had never seen it. Mm-hmm. Never even heard of it actually. Really? Oh yeah. And she was like, Ben Affleck's in it? And I'm like, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even tell her John Goodman's in yeah. it. I'm like, I'm just going to yeah. let for these, like Alan Arkin pops in, mm-hmm. Brian Cranston, Coach, Coach Taylor. Great. From yes, Friday. Coach Taylor. Great and so cast. My, my mom's just, exce- when, as soon as it shows John Goodman, she's like, oh. Uh, but what was kind of cool is that in the middle of the movie, my mom turns to me and she goes, this is good. Like it was just kind of funny. Cause it's like in this way that was like, I didn't even, how do I not know about this? Which is funny. It's like a one best picture, but you know, yeah. uh, but yeah, she thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, but it's good. It's, and it's heartwarming. It's a good movie. It is. Um, my number 10 is a Christopher Nolan film. And that is interstellar. Uh, oh, that's my number nine. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look, this is my only Nolan on it. Inception was number 12 on my list. So, uh, in, I put Interstellar at 10. Uh, it's not the most rewatchable film. Part, part of it's the length as well as the emotional toll it can, it can take. Uh, certainly for me, it's, it's, it can get heavy. Um, but I, re- I re- rewatched this recently, and I'm just reminded of the beauty of Hans Zimmer's score and the mm-hmm. risks that Nolan takes in that third act that are bold and for a lot of people didn't work and made them mad. And as, as a result, the whole movie doesn't work for them. But I watched this movie and I'm just I'm blown away by all parts of it from the acting to the script, the story to the just the beauty of how it was shot by Hoyt Van Ho- Hoytema and uh, and all the way down to Matt Damon's 
expert cameo. It's such a good, mm-hmm. and it's not just a cameo like to have fun, you know, you know, goofs and giggles. No, this thing was like he's so good in his little part. So yeah, I love Interstellar. It's my number ten film of the decade. So great pick. Like I said, Interstellar's number nine for me. That's like you you made all the great points. I think that is uh, it's a masterclass for Nolan. He really went big with this yeah. movie, and I think he succeeded. He did something special. Um, it's really, it, like you said, though, it is not exactly rewatchable, which is a problem. Um, but it's excellent. It's an excellent film, and I love the chances he took. I love the themes, and I will highly recommend that. And I think it belongs um, in my top top ten of the decade. So Perfect. I have it at number nine. So my number nine, then, is a movie I actually do think is rewatchable. And it did. Uh, it's on... Um, Let's see Netflix. I'm 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 gonna try to do a good job of telling people where to stream these. Uh, which with Interstellar, it's on streaming on FX now, which is a thing that a streaming service that no one I knows, uh, no one I know has. <laughs> <laughs> well, you um, get it if you have FX on your cable. Okay, so. well if it's on FX so now, otherwise you can rent or buy on iTunes or any of the platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My number nine is on Netflix right now, and it, I do think it's rewatchable, and that I just think this gem of a film. Uh, it was yeah, I just didn't see it coming, but it's Hell or High Water. And it's so, 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 so good. Uh, this is um, with Chris Pratt and uh, Ben Foster, uh, directed by, I believe, is it David McKenzie, I want to say? Um, I'm f- already forgetting the director. It was a first-time director, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ty Sheridan. Uh, yeah, David McKenzie, you're right. David McKenzie. Okay. This movie is really, really, really good. It's about a couple of outlaw brothers in West Texas. Um just some dynamic performances it's a lot of fun it's got a lot of heart it's got a lot of action and it's a thrill ride so that's my number nine streaming on netflix hell or high water okay and my number eight is uh prisoners came out in 2013 this is the hugh jackman jake gyllenhaal gyllenhaal again yeah this is a dark movie it's a very very dark movie dark themes tough to watch (laughs) very tough to watch uh do you know who directed the prisoners yeah uh denny villeneuve that's right. He's he's all the rage now. He's making sure he's directing Dune currently. Um, so yeah, Prisoners. It's it's an incredible movie. Very uh, it's great performances by Hugh Jackman and Joan Hall. Obviously, those guys are solid in everything they do. But the theme is um, there's a there's a, a a child that goes missing in a neighborhood and and um, uh, what's his name Hugh Hugh Jackman is uh, the father of the child and he. Um, thinks that it is a certain person in the neighborhood that took the child. So he turns into a vigilante essentially and tries to um, smoke this guy out and figure out what he did with the child, with the kid. Um, and then Jake Hall plays a detective that is actually doing the detective work to figure out really what's going on. So very dark movie, but it's um, very entertaining as well. So, and that's streaming on HBO um, now oh. and uh, yeah, HBO now. HBO now. So, yep. My number eight is um, also the greatest sports movie of the decade, and that is Moneyball. Uh, oh, yeah. Starring Brad Pitt. Oh, I love Moneyball. Very uh, good call. I, I look at it, I'm thinking eight. Should be higher, maybe. But Moneyball is great, and we've talked a lot about it on the pod. Uh, I love the Oakland days. I love Brad Pitt. Uh, this is a great Jonah Hill performance. He's nominated for an Academy Award for good reason. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – this is a very rewatchable movie to me, considering how like a lot of it's just talking. But uh, Moneyball is worth your time. It's streaming on Stars. If you have Stars, it's it's uh, accessible. If not, you I can do. Rent or buy on I do have Stars. So, okay, it's on Stars. Um, otherwise, across you can rent or buy it on uh, any of the digital uh, platforms. So that's my number eight, Moneyball. Okay, my number seven is uh, 2010's Inception. Oh, Christopher Nolan. Wow. Yes, Christopher Nolan. Nolan. This is uh, Christopher Nolan's first film after he finished the Dark Knight trilogy, um, where he, he for his first time working with uh, Leo, Leo DiCaprio, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, this movie, we've all seen it before, probably, but I, I just loved it. I think it was, um, it took all of the themes that uh, Nolan has been obsessed with this throughout his entire career, the whole memory thing and layers upon layers and twisted, twisted stories around and uh, intricate tales. And he, this is like the moment where he really mastered it, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love everything about this movie. Again, beautifully shot, beautifully scored. Hans Zimmer, same characters that he, he's worked with all these times before. Um, it's just, it's a great film. That's what it is. It's a great I think, action movie, too. It's just yeah, a fun it's a, ride. 
everything about it is a great, it's a great ride. So I highly recommend you can uh, stream Inception on Netflix currently. So um, my number seven was my favorite film of last year, which is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And uh, that uh, we got a comment on our feed here from Rhett Hildebrandt, who also has Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse in his top nice. 10 decade as well. And uh, he shared his list there. And so, uh, yeah, uh, I won't belabor the point because any listener knows how much I love this movie. I just think it was so unexpected, so spectacular, very rewatchable. I've watched it a bunch since it's been uh, available online, which it is today on Netflix. So anyone with a Netflix account, you can watch Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. And uh, yeah, that's my number seven. Very good pick. Um, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of the cartoons, but that movie was great. Like that was... That was the best animated film I've seen in a very, very long yeah, time. Great. So good call. Uh, my number six is the 2011 movie Drive. Yeah. Whoa. Nicholas. Nicholas. Uh, Winding Refn. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, th- this is his uh, Ryan Gosling vehicle, where Ryan Gosling plays um, the heavy in this. Uh, he's a he is a wheelman um, who drives around criminals throughout L.A. And um, it's all about this, his quiet, like his quiet demeanor. Um, he speaks softly, but he carries a big stick. And that's what that's what the drive character does. Uh, Ryan Gosling's character in drive does. So uh, action adventure. Again, it's all about uh, heists, um, chasing or uh, running from cops, um, breaking up cri- uh, crime rings, uh, people getting shot in the head. Lots of blood, lots of gore. Um, Really, really interesting movie. I think uh, the uh, the soundtrack is amazing. You could be describing really Baby great... Driver or Drive right now. I don't know. Every yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Incredible soundtrack. Well, drive, is a, <laughs> drive has a better soundtrack, and yeah. I would say a little bit of a darker theme than little Baby bit. Driver. A little bit. A little, little, little less bubblegum. <laughs> great gum. movie. Yeah. yeah. Really great movie. Great performance by Ryan Gosling as well. So. Oh, Gosling's great. Gosling's great. Uh, so is uh, Oscar Isaac. Before we knew oh, who Oscar right. Isaac was. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Oscar Isaac um, and Carrie Mulligan. That's that, right. As well as Brian Cranston and Albert Brooks. Albert so. Brooks. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Um, all right. Well, my number six is Star Wars The Last Jedi, which is streaming on Disney+. Wow. Plus. It's the best Star Wars film since The Empire Strikes Back. I don't think that there's any argument to be made otherwise. I honestly think that just should be the consensus. I don't know if it is or not. I haven't checked the internet in a while. Maybe people feel differently. I'm not sure. Um, but I will say Ryan jo- Johnson crafted a near masterpiece. I say near because sure, there's some elements of it that don't work as well as the rest. But the sum of its parts, the 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 message, the entirety of the film in terms of its message and its overall um, kind of Star Wars ness, what it contributes to Star Wars mm-hmm. canon, is something that's nothing less than spectacular. And uh, he set out to do something a little bit different than anything that had been made before in the Star Wars universe, and I think he succeeded in doing that. But more important than being different. He was compelling. And so uh, that is my number six is Star Wars The Last Jedi. Good call. Um, my number five is the 2010 film The Social Network. Oh, I, that's yes. 15 yes. for me, so it didn't make my list. Oh, wow. So yeah. Social Network is uh, directed by David Fincher, written by Aaron mm-hmm. Sorkin, stars Jesse Eisenberg and Andrew Garfield. Um, and it's the story of Facebook. It's the Mark Zuckerberg movie. Um, and I just think... Uh, the movie's incredible. I think it, it ages really, really well. I recently watched it a couple months ago, and I think I liked it more than I've ever seen it or any of the other times that I had seen it before. Yeah. So I think um, the, the direction is like just unbelievably perfect. Well, the movie Fincher was made. Is, this is before they, they, they influenced democracy. That's what's crazy. Yeah, that's right. And I'm, I'm wondering that's, if that's why when you revisit it now you like it more. Is it just because with context – the, the truisms, the themes of the film are more true than ever. Is that totally? Yeah, yeah I, I support any platform that uh, that lets boomers be heard. So yeah. that is that's why I love this movie. <laughs> it was created for Facebook was created for boomers. So <laughs> nice work, Zuckerberg. They always said, um, they, oh, yeah, yeah, they always said Mark Zuckerberg is because he wanted to get a girlfriend. But that's not it. He wanted his boomer parents yeah. to be able to have a place where their voice was heard. That's why he did this <laughs> it's for them. <laughs> Well, I think the mark of a good movie is when you hate all the characters, but you love the movie. And this yeah. is that. Yeah. This is that movie to a T. Even the people uh, that are suing him for stealing the, the, the Army Hammer uh, brothers, the Winklevi, yep, Winklevoss yep. twins. You don't like they're not good characters either. It's incredible. Like, no, yeah. no. Everyone is deplorable in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think that's part of the reason why I liked it so much. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, so that's streaming now for free, actually, on IMDb TV. Yeah, how about that? That's one of my uh, upcoming ones also, I, I believe, or maybe not. I was marking as many as I could in my top mm-hmm. 20, but some of them had the IMD, IMDb TV, which is a free streaming service, I'm told, with ads. Yeah. It's ad supported. Yeah, I, I actually use it. I, uh, I just watched Can't Hardly Wait on IMDb oh, TV. Wow. Actually. Yeah. Just, Great movie. That's man. That was took me right back to high school. Wow! Can't hardly wait. Incredible. So basically, you watch the entire movie, and there's about four commercial breaks. Um, and the commercials are only like sixty seconds long. Oh, that's not bad. So it's Great. when it's when you hit the, like the two minute, even ninety second, like two minute commercials, like one of four. I'm like, whoa! I like not I go happening. I go do a load of laundry. You know what I mean? Like I walk yeah, away. Yeah. No, I'm I'm instantly closing out of that if I see uh, <laughs> two of two. <laughs> um. So my number five. Uh, is Whiplash. This is uh, a movie that is, I wish was streaming on a platform. It's currently not, so you can only rent it it's or buy not? it. No. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, Damien Chazelle's first full-length feature. Of course, he went on to do La La Land and First Man, with both with Gosling. Uh, this is just a remarkable movie, and it, when I was revisiting this list, I was watching YouTube clips. I didn't have time to watch the, you know, the full uh, you know the entirety of the runtime of all of the movies I was considering, but just that last scene in that movie has got to be one of the greatest closing ending scenes in in any movie in twenty thirty years. It's just breathtaking, and so. Uh, but more than just the end scene, the movie is really something compelling, and I think it asks a lot of interesting questions. And I'm always fascinated by the conversation that that movie kind of presents, and it's multifaceted. But I run into people who are like, "Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that guy, his his music teacher was really really hard on him, but." He had to do what he had to do to bring out the greatness. And I'm like, maybe, maybe it's also like, you know, totally abuse and in the wor- some of the worst ways. And can you be great without being pushed to the limit in that way is, is, is one of the questions I think that that movie asks. And do the ends justify the means? And so anyway, that's my number five film of the decade. I just think it's a masterpiece. So whiplash. Very, very good movie. I consider putting it on my list, but it didn't make it. Um so my number four is 2015's Sicario. Oh, good. I just barely missed yes. my list, but yeah. Another Speaking of Denny Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You're, you're There's going to be another Denny Villeneuve movie. movie on your list, isn't there? Or is that um, is that the last one? Is it? it is it? Blade Runner? No, no. Blade Runner didn't make it. It didn't? Sorry, oh, okay. It didn't make no, mine it was, either. It was but just it was, outside. Okay, wow. Number, I love Blade Runner. Blade Runner's yeah, great. It's is, my number 20 of the year, or the, of the it's decade. It's right outside the list. Yeah, okay. But Sicario is just, I mean, this is when we really so got in, uh, introduced to Denny Villeneuve's uh, directing action-adventure style. This movie is had no idea what to expect, expect coming into this movie and walked out of the theater like with my jaw on the ground. It was an amazing ride. So good. Um, Emily Blunt in this movie, uh, phenomenal. Like, She's this, so I feel like good. this movie... This movie rocket, rocketed her into like the stratosphere. Um, she was just fantastic, and this along with Josh Brolin and Benicio del Toro. Yeah. Um, so it's the story of a FBI agent um, who's tasked with crossing the border to stop a drug ring, and um, all the hijinks that ensue when that happens. Uh, the movie's beautifully shot. Um, it feels authentic and and scary, and I think uh, it's just one of the best movies of the 2010s by far. So, uh, oh, this one is actually not streaming anywhere either. So you can rent it for two ninety nine on, on Redbox. So totally worth it. Sicario. Sicario is great. I, I, I remember I've heard from more than one person who listens to the pod, uh, or at least in more than one instance that that's a movie that they had not heard of or, you know, they would not have discovered it had they not listened to the pod, had we not recommended it. And that actually brings me so much joy. Um, that, that 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 we would have any level of influence like that, but specific, more specifically, that they loved it, and it's just like I feel I feel the same way about Hell or High Water. Where I'm like, you're yeah. gonna see this movie, you're gonna like this movie. Like you're just it, this is a worthwhile experience to watch this movie, and so yeah, that's great. with Sicario, that was after we we did our episode on that one. I went to like uh, I mentioned it at work constantly. I was just yeah. like telling people about this movie that I watched and couldn't shut up about it. And as they would watch it, they would come back to me and say, "Wow, you're right, that, that movie was, was amazing." Yeah, so yeah. Um. All right, we are at my number four, which is uh, Toy Story three. So this is the best of the Toy Stories. I think it's probably Pixar's second greatest film after, for me, Up. Um, there's kind of an upper tier of Pixar that I've talked about. Uh, we haven't really talked about Onward yet. I've been meaning to do a solo pod on that because I'm not going to make you go see Onward. 
Um, Thank you. You're welcome. I made you see Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, so I'm just grateful for that. I'm just that very was a good call. You, that was a good choice. But uh, but onward, uh, I did really really like it, but not, not going to be one for you. Uh, but Toy Story three is really some. It's just the, the perfect ending, and I do say ending because Toy Story four is more of like a uh, an epilogue um, than it is uh, a continuation of this story. Because uh, three really really wraps it up in, in just the perfect way possible. It hit it hits with all the emotional beats. It's funny. It's genuinely surprising. It's heart wrenching. It's and it's it's a bunch of toys that are talking and moving, and it's it's just Pixar at its absolute finest. It's my fourth favorite film of the decade, Toy Story three. On Disney Plus, I did see Toy Story three, and um, it, it was okay. You're more so. of a Toy Story two guy. <laughs> I love Toy Story and Toy Story two, so it's I'll fully song. admit that. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> uh, what do we are we at your number? Yeah, my number three is one you already mentioned. It's Hell or High Water. Okay, so, okay. I was going to say, yeah. that's got to be on your list, too. I know you love that movie. Oh, man. So I cannot, good. This, just like Sicario, this is a movie that went in with zero expectations. The tra- If you watch the trailer, it doesn't really give away no. too much, yeah, really, no. at all, which is a great trailer. Yeah. Going into it, I was, again, blown away. This is a movie that low expectations, um, it delivered, and then some. I think it's, uh, it, it's probably my favorite one of my favorite heist movies of all time. Um, I love the execution of how it all went down and just the, the, the themes, the, um, the class struggle, the, uh, visually the, the setting is great. I think it's a very unique setting. Um, just everything about, it, I think is this fantastic movie. And again, the writing very, very strong. Uh, Tyler Sheridan did a great job in this one. So Heather high water, like you said, streaming on Netflix. That's great. Um, number three for me is uh, my favorite film from 2017, and that is Lady Bird. Mm. Uh, Lady Bird is streaming on Amazon Prime. It's the greatest movie ever made about Sacramento. It's <laughs> Greta Gerwig's directorial debut. She just made her second film, Little Women. She's now two for two with masterpieces. Uh, Lady Bird is just really an incredible watch. Actually, we watched it recently and was reminded how remarkable that film is, not just for people from Sacramento, but uh, but for anyone. It's 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 a, a story and a coming-of-age film that I think will resonate. It's both funny, it's endearing, it's relatable, uh, but it's just, it's just uh, the work of a clear master of story in Greta Gerwig, and you can see that there, and it gets really, really excited for what other story she wants to tell. Um, but even then, it's not just that, though. It's even even if this were the only movie that she made, this is just a remarkable achievement. I mean, this could be the this could be the uh, a, this is the work of like a mature filmmaker that's in the peak of their powers. That's what's so great about it. Yes, it's a debut, but it's not just that. It's it's the work of someone that's like, oh, this is someone who knows what they're doing. This is someone who's really, really good. Uh, I love, 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 love this movie. I talk about it all the time. But it's my third favorite film of the decade. And again, it's streaming on Amazon Prime, Lady Bird. Very good choice. Uh, My number two is a movie that uh, came out in 2016. It is Manchester by the Sea. Whoa. Casey. We are the number one pro-Affleck podcast on the internet. We are. We had some people come at us for for suggesting that Casey Affleck was a better actor than Ben last week, by the way. Wow. Shout out so to this, Trevor Ma- Walker, who listens to the pod. He was like, he tweeted at us, said, do you really think that Casey is a better actor than Ben? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Trevor, <laughs> Trevor, watch Manchester by the Sea, because this is Casey Affleck's um, shining star. This is his big moment uh, where he truly extends himself beyond what we thought his skill set was. Um, it, this is a movie starring Casey Affleck, uh, Michelle Williams, Kyle Chandler, and Lucas Hedges. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's the story of um, a younger brother uh, who is forced uh, to take care of um, his nephew after his brother dies. Uh, so uh, Casey Affleck plays younger brother. The older brother is Kyle Chandler. Um, Kyle Chandler passes away, and Casey is uh, called into duty to take care of this uh, Lucas Hedges, a 16-year-old nephew. <clears throat> and um, Casey has his own demons that he's dealing with. Uh, he's in, he's divorced from Michelle Williams. He's basically a loner. He's um, completely shut off in the world. Doesn't let anyone in. Um, has no emotion. He just works and drinks, and that's about it. That's all he does. Um, so Lucas Hedges comes into his life and basically turns his world upside down. He wasn't expecting it. 
Um, he doesn't know how to deal with it. And um, it's just this, it's an odd couple matching uh, where these two are forced into this, into this pairing, uh, into this world, and they don't know how to deal with it, but they kind of, um, they kind of work it, work it out in the end. And because they're relatives, like this is, this is what an older brother should do for his, for his nephew. And, and um, it's just, it's, the movie is just incredibly well-written. It has so much heart. It's very sad. Um, but every, every emotion in this movie is well-earned, I think, uh, because you have such strong writing, you have such strong performances. And um, it's a very simple movie, but it, it's, it packs a lot of punch um, and really tugs at your heartstrings. And I loved it. I, this is a movie that um, couldn't stop thinking about for months after watching it. I think uh, I just absolutely loved it. It was um, it did win I think one Academy Award for best writing, uh, well, best screenplay. Uh, Casey Affleck won for actor. Well, yeah, Casey Affleck for one. Um, and then and then Keith for, Lonergan won for for the screenplay. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so two Academy Awards. Amazing, amazing movie. Um, you can stream it on uh, Amazon Prime now, Ooh. and it is uh, Manchester by the Sea. That's great. Great, great to see that. It's. Uh, I've 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 only seen it a couple times. It's a hard watch. It's a hard it's a hard watch, but it's so good. It's expertly yeah. made. Uh, so my number two, um, also not a rewatchable film, a masterpiece, a bona fide masterpiece, nonetheless, top to bottom. This is the work of one of our great directors, one of our great living directors, and he did something so bold and so innovative that it's worthy of recognition. But outside of the bold and innovativeness of this film, it's a story that I think is the most significant part, and it is so good, the greatest coming-of-age film of all time, and that's Richard Linklater's Boyhood. Boyhood should have won Best Picture. It was the front-runner all of Oscar season, and then for some crazy reason, Birdman won. Um, <laughs> it's a, Birdman's a film that I hear no one talk about. No one asks me, hey, did you watch, re-watch Birdman recently? Isn't Birdman awesome? Uh, now, to be fair, people aren't really watching rewatching Boyhood either, except for maybe me. Um, but uh, it's crazy to me that the uh, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences would award a film like Birdman over a film like Boyhood. This is something I will never get over. I will die on this hill. It's incredible that that happened. It's one of the worst mistakes that the Academy's ever made. But who really cares? All of this is made up, and we're all gonna pass it from coronavirus anyway. So Boyhood. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. So Boyhood is. Um, you know, if you're going to point out any type of flaw, yes, the kid did not grow up into a good actor, <laughs> but the younger version of him was perfectly fine and suitable for the vast majority of the film. Um, it was, it got hit a lot about, you know, the, is this experimental, like, oh, it was cool. You made a movie over 12 years. Like, no, no, no. Aside from that, I really think that something incredible is going on with Ethan Hawke, with Patricia Arquette, who, you know, rightfully got an, uh, an Academy Award for that performance. Um, it's just something so unique in cinema um, that only Richard Linklater, I feel like, could really do justice. And he just has a specific. Who, who touch. would even try? No, no one, right? That's the thing. Is yeah. like only only he would be bold enough to try that. And there's a million reasons why it shouldn't have worked outside of the funding, which shouldn't have gotten funded, mm -hmm. right? But just like actors not wanting to do it, him, you know, like having other pro like the fact that he was doing this every summer, taking a couple weeks out of out of the summer to make this film for 12 years in a row is really, really crazy. And then to have this actual movie as a result that's genuinely a masterpiece, it's just, it not only shouldn't have, it not only should have won Best Picture that year, uh, I mean, it could have won Best Picture literally every single year of this <laughs> decade. Um, and so it's my number two film of the decade. That's Boyhood. And uh, not streaming anywhere. It is... Uh, Whoa. Yeah, really? I know. No streaming platforms. You got to rent it or buy it. It's an experience. Dang. It's worth every penny. I suggest yeah, I don't, it. don't rent it. Buy it. Yeah, I liked I like Boyhood. I'll give you that one. Sure. Um, <laughs> my number one film of the Ooh, 2010 drum decade roll, please. is a movie that came out in 2010, The Town. Whoa, no. The, the Town. Ben. The Town is my number one. Ben Affleck. This is Ben yes. Pod Part 2. Yeah, this is... Uh, I, we can't get away from the guy. We cannot... It's The Town, man. The Town is... By by far my favorite heist movie of all time. I love bank robber movies, and this is it. Like this is this is the best one. Yes, it's all derivative of Heat, but who cares? It's that good. Like it, it's it's 
excellent, excellent movie, excellent writing, great direction, great performances. You have Ben Affleck and Rebecca Hall and Jeremy Renner, John Hamm, Blake Lively, uh, Titus Welver. Titus, I mean, yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, so the story of the town is basically there's a town in Boston, a Boston Charles area town. that is known for, yeah, yeah, it's known for uh, um, all the amount of, or, or the high, high amount of bank robberies. And um, this is a movie about this crew, this local crew, who um, is getting in on the action. And it's uh, all about uh, Ben Affleck and his boys um, and the, their final score, basically. So yeah. very, very good movie. If you love Heat, if you love any of those bank robber movies, you're going to love The Town. Wow. The yeah. Town number one. Number one. I think it's the best movie that Ben Affleck's ever directed as well. So. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, although that, uh, was it live by night? I don't know if you saw that one. Ooh, I did see that one. That's actually not up there. Movie he's directed. That's not good. Every other one has been that's, good. It's true. That's absolutely true. Great, it's actually, I think all, everyone is great. Um, live by night is like a quarter of a good movie though. I'll, there's I'll give pieces that. of a good movie in there. That's what's crazy. Yeah. The some of this yeah, parts the, is a mess, but it's, there's pieces oof. of something. Atrocious, but the town. I think like everything was firing on the, in this movie. It's like, Jeremy Renner's best performance. I, I don't. <sighs> Jeremy Renner, so good in that movie. In it's, it's unreal. It really is. He's so good. He's a Northern um, California guy too, doing a Boston accent better than the people yeah. from Boston. He really is. Like, Nailed it. He's so good. Sacramento guy, right? Yeah, Modesto. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah. thing. Same thing. Sure. We could. Sure. I like. I'm from Sacramento. I'm like, well, yeah, Modesto, but sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, general Sacramento area, sure. Um, yeah, so give me the town. I think uh, you talked about being a rewatchable movie. This yeah, is it. Very like, this is a movie. Very watchable. Fen- great use of constantly. Fenway. Amazing use of Fenway. Great. I think every. I love that final sequence. Yeah. The final, uh, the whole culmination of the oh, movie is perfect. It's a great. Um, oh, underrated movie. Uh, underrated aspect of this movie is the the background characters using this mm. authentic, authentic Bostonites mm. throughout this entire movie. Yeah. Very very real gives it a uh, gives it a feeling of like a, you're actually in this. This movie actually does take place in Boston. So. Yeah. Well, nice little touch. Do you have any guesses for what my number one is? <sighs> I couldn't even tell you. You're all you're all over the place, I'm man. All over I don't the know. Place. Well, yeah, again, this was a little bit haphazard. Um, my number one film of the decade is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> yes. Tarantino, baby. Good call. Is this Good call. at all influenced by recency bias? Yes. Um, <laughs> but I will say, I'll defend it, because every time I watch this film, which has been many times, uh, this is a film I saw eight times in theaters. It's a film I've seen multiple times on, on digital since. Uh, my heart for it, my, my, the capacity I have to love this film grows every time I see it. I have not yet hit a point, which usually where I kind of like at plateaus, where I've reached the peak of how much I can love a movie. And then, you know, it remains there every time I watch it. I'm, I have not reached the peak yet of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Eventually I will. And again, this is recency. But this film, the more I watch it, the more it becomes solidified to me. It's just uh, right now it's my second favorite Tarantino of all time. It could very well eventually be my, my, very, my first favorite. We'll see. Uh, but Inglorious is still my number one. But uh, this is just a truly special movie. I really, really adore it. We've talked again ad nauseum about it. We had this incredible <laughs> experience seeing it in, in Tarantino's theater with Mr. Tarantino himself. Um, and uh, it's just has two of the greatest actors of my lifetime that I've grown up with, grown up with watching and two, two that are firing, talking about firing in all cylinders like the town. This is that movie. Everyone is operating at, a, at that level. Now, that's that's on, that's par for the course for Tarantino. That's what he brings out of the actors that he casts. Uh, he's very, very specific about that. And this movie delivers in every way. I think it's funny. I think it's thrilling. I think it's uh, just edge of your seat suspense. It's just such a fun hang. And so uh, it's it's my favorite film of the decade, which uh, seems crazy. But th- that that's where it's at. I, I noticed no Tarantino on your list. Yeah, I thought about it. But, uh, but this decade only yeah. had three. The Django, yeah. Hateful Eight, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I'm just not as high yeah. on Django or Hateful Eight. Uh, in fact, Same. At the I bottom think once upon the, a time in Mac- yeah. Uh, once upon a time is like right outside the cusp for me. So. Yeah. Well, speaking of right outside the cusp, in in no particular order, the film is just outside of my top ten. And again, I could swap out so many of these. So so save the outrage if I didn't name an obvious <laughs> movie like Sicario. Not being my top ten seems crazy because Sicario is like one of my ten favorite films of the decade, which is yeah. funny because I just listed the ten and it wasn't there. Um, but it's inside Lewin Davis Coen Brothers. Gotta have that. I love that movie. 
Inception, Animal Kingdom, uh, Coco, the Pixar film, uh, Social Network that Aaron talked about, Nightcrawler is certainly could be my top 10. Uh, I mentioned Sicario, Hunt for the Wilder People. It's definitely there. Uh, could be my top 10. OJ Made in America for counting it as a documentary film, which the Academy did when it won the Oscar. That's got to be there. I just think it's expertly made. It's an incredible piece of art. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. Uh, and so those are kind of like the next 10. And then beyond that, it gets into Dunkirk, Ex Machina, Parasite, Warrior, um, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, Edge of Tomorrow, Very Searching nice. for Sugar Man, Little Women, Mad Max, Free Red, Greed, First Reformed, Citizen Four, Get Out, Last Man, Last Black, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, Rogue One, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Good Time, La La Land, Florida Project, Skyfall, Won't You Be My Neighbor, What We Do in the Shadows, Restrepo, Gravity, Game Night, Game Night, maybe secretly the funniest movie of the past decade, um, <laughs> Senna. Uh, a documentary that's much heralded and much deserved. Sing Street, The Old Man of the Gun, The Gift, and Fifty Fifty. So that's those are f- fifty films of the decade that I just ran through. So um, any other ones it's right outside a your solid top ten? Decade. Oh yeah, what's that? It's a. Would you say it's a solid decade? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. great, it's great, great decade. Great. Um, very, very unexpected. But I think there people are still making quality movies out there. And they I think are. you know we talk about the. the the Marvel movies and the comic book movies and uh, everything is derivative or a sequel, but there's some good original stuff out there. So just got to look for it. Anything else out just outside of your top 10 that was worth mentioning that. Uh, I think you hit basically everything that I okay. considered. So I'm going to read the rest of Rhett's list here who commented uh, on, on his, he said in no particular order, I think. Yes. Uh, he says, these are in no particular order and wash your hands. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Rhett. Seriously, wash your hands. I've been trying not to touch my face on the pod, by the way. You may have noticed. Impossible I've, I've touched about two dozen times. And so, um, anyway, he's got Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse, Toy Story 3, Jojo Rabbit, La La Land, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, The Lego Movie, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, uh, Intouchables, oh, wow. uh, and Ex Machina. I think the only handful of those weren't in the 50 I, I rattled off. Um, but, yeah, great list, Brett. Solid list. Um, thanks for sharing. Yeah, seriously, thanks for sharing. Um, and lastly, um, I got, so I got a thing in the D in the mail from the DMV yesterday that oh said my new license plate is ready for pickup. My question for oh you boy. is, is it worth, is it worth risking Corona, getting Corona, <laughs> getting COVID-19 to yep. go to the DMV tomorrow, a place which to be sure riddled with coronavirus. If there is a place that's guaranteed to have COVID-19, it is the Department of Motor Vehicles. Oh, yeah. Is it worth... Comes pre-installed. Yeah, no, no. In, that, yeah. in those buildings. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's one of the quarantines area that you're supposed to go to if you have it. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, is it worth going there tomorrow, 7 or 8 a.m., right when they open, to pick up my brand new plates because I want them so badly because for the first time in my life... I have personalized plates, which my, mind you, as a child, to me, the, the 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 symbol of you've made it, the symbol of real wealth in America is having personalized license plates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Absolutely. I, and I, I got these plates. I'm very proud of them. Uh, I can show you the rendering that I ordered through the DMV. Please. Do you want to see these? Okay. Please share. Yeah. Here we go. So, oh, boy. So this is, for those of you on the audio version of this pod, I'll describe It's the black version of the... Uh, California license, but it's black with yellow. It just says California in block letters at top, up top, and then and then yellow numbers. And my personalization is, um, it's game six fixed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, Aaron, I want to pick these bad boys up. I, they took forever to get here. Um, yeah. I had to explain what it meant to the to the Department of Motor Vehicles. Like, what is this? What is they? They think it's something like sexual. Like, no, no, this is not. Trust me, this is not. I a- mean, it is sexual for you and other Kings fans. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> like, this is not an inappropriate thing. Please, um, let let me do this. Uh, and so they they I appeal it. They approved it. I won on appeal, which is great. Um, all of that's a lie. That's but um, but they they did approve it, and and they're sitting at the DMV in Rockland. Do I go tomorrow? My question to you would be, how long can you hold your breath? <laughs> because <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah. To bring this pod full circle, how long can I hold <laughs> my breath? What's crazy is, is I, I mean, I hold my breath regardless when I visit the DMV. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I plug my nose. 
Uh, it's a good strategy overall. Um, no, I mean, I really do want to pick up these plates, though. And I don't even – I'm assuming they're open tomorrow. But given that they're, like, closing everything, any gatherings of 50 people or more, which definitely count – like, the DMV is going to have 50 or more people. That's, that's the DMV bathroom. Is yeah, it's the same. Yeah, no, it's like yeah. 50 people are out the door, out the line, out the Jeez. door. There's 50 – you know, at least 50 deep. Now, that's for, like – and, you know, they say the 50 thing except for non-essential services – I think picking up my personalized plate is essential. Um, pretty essential. Pretty, yeah. Have to, you have to have a license plate in your car. That's essential. Um, <laughs> so I think I'm going to risk it, but I swear, if I bring back coronavirus into this home for the sake of vanity plates, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a perfect way to end if we're being like totally dark about it. Oh gosh. Um, all right. Well, that's it for me, Aaron. I'll, uh, I'll hopefully, s- hopefully we'll be back next week to follow up on this story. Well, if if we come back and there's only one of us, <laughs> <laughs> I'm renaming the pod if that's the case. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, we will be back. In fact, I want to be doing more podcasts than ever. Oh, with the idea being, I think people want content. Maybe maybe they don't want to listen to us blather on. But there's plenty to go over. We talked about the Tom Hanks thing. Uh, we talked about. Uh, a Pixar pod, at the very least, for myself doing a solo pod, which uh, I, I really am going to do. And um, yeah, if people have ideas for things they want us to go over, let us know. I mean, we're going to be going. Now's over. the time, really. Everyone's going to be home watching movies. Yep. This is this is our wheelhouse. This is begging. This is. Um, oh yeah. Uh, there's it is set on a T right now. Yeah. If we're going to find an audience, it's right now. It's right now. And uh, <laughs> we're gonna. One another idea was to do if uh, since they're literally canceling movies, they're postponing them. Yeah. Uh, most for a year from now, some till November, like the new James Bond film. That assume no more movies get released this year, and we award the Academy Awards to the movies that have come out January, February, and March, which is might been, be a reality. Whew, not a lot of good movies, but it's time to give. You got to give the awards to somebody. The show must go on. The way back. So we might the way do back that. Is getting nominated. Shannon would join us for that one. She's requested, uh, which we we, we want to get her back on as soon as possible. That'd be a really fun one to do. So, um, but that's it. Everyone, stay safe. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Uh, go get supplies, but do not hoard toilet paper and other things. There's plenty to go around. Be responsible. Uh, be humane. You're gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay. And uh, just self-isolate and be responsible. No reason to panic, but let's take this seriously. So, I think that's it for us. Aaron, thanks for joining me. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts. 